the House Speaker is now greenlighting an investigation into Biden without any evidence of wrongdoing. And in moments, I'll speak with the thorn in McCarthy's side, that is Republican Congressman Matt Gates, who's threatening to oust the Speaker, in part over this issue. But first, some context. Republicans, they want to know if President Biden benefited from his son's business dealings. And that is a legitimate question. But the DOJ did spend years investigating Hunter Biden. And so far, there has been no evidence that his father did benefit. Meantime, House Republicans in their investigations have presented zero direct evidence to contradict that. Also, McCarthy is doing this now unilaterally, without even a vote, even though Kevin McCarthy himself from 11 days ago disagreed with that method. Quote, if we move forward with an impeachment inquiry, it would occur through a vote on the floor of the People's House, not through a declaration by one person. And just four years ago, McCarthy attacked Democrats for doing the same, both on Twitter and right here on camera. Speaker Pelosi happens to be the Speaker of this House, but she does not speak for America when it comes to this issue. She cannot decide unilaterally what happens here. She cannot change the laws of this Congress. She cannot unilaterally decide we're in an impeachment inquiry. And just a note on that, the then Speaker, um, Nancy Pelosi, she did eventually hold a vote on an impeachment inquiry. So why is McCarthy caving now? Well, perhaps because of Congressman from Florida, Matt Gates. I rise today to serve notice. Mr. Speaker, you are out of compliance with the agreement that allowed you to assume this role. The path forward for the House of Representatives is to either bring you into immediate total compliance or remove you. So you'll remember that nasty speaker election back in January, one of the many concessions that McCarthy made then to the far right of his party was to make it easier to boot him from his own job. And joining me now is Congressman Matt Gates. He's a member of the House Judiciary Committee. Thanks for being here, Congressman. Uh, first, I, I want to start with this. You're making some pretty serious threats against Speaker McCarthy's speakership. Uh, but let's be honest, it sounds like you don't have the votes. The votes for what, Abby? To remove McCarthy? I acknowledge that. And I would suggest that when we first had the contest for speaker, neither did he. But over the course of 15 ballots, uh, it's amazing what can happen. So look, my job is to see that the deal that we made in January is enforced. That's not about impeachment specifically. It's about oversight work, but it's principally about spending. McCarthy committed to have 12 individual appropriations bills passed. We don't seem on pace to do that. And I'm deeply concerned that, uh, that he hasn't been faithful to that commitment. If you do trigger this motion to vacate and it does fail, as it sounds like you think it will, uh, don't these threats end up losing all credibility moving forward? Well, it had a good deal of credibility today. I announced last evening that I'd be making a speech at noon today and in, in somewhat of a rushed fashion. Uh, the speaker gave a speech at 11, and while that was a baby step, I think, in the right direction, it certainly is not linked to the concerns that we have about spending, government funding running out, and the passing of a continuing resolution that advances a lot of the goals and priorities that Republicans ran against. So do you think that McCarthy should uh, shut down the government to save his job here? 
I don't think the choice is one or the other. I think that there are certainly agencies of government like the Department of Education and Department of Labor and probably a few others that I'd be willing to uh, get rid of in, in pretty large fashion and devolve those powers to the states and reorganize them. But, but if we just did, if we just had compliance, you know, with a vote on term limits, a vote on a balanced budget, individual spending bills, I do think Speaker McCarthy could save his job and not even face a motion to vacate if he came into compliance with our deal. But just dealing with the spending issue here, I, I mm -hmm. mean, the government will shut down if Congress doesn't come up with a spending deal. You want Speaker McCarthy, it sounds like you just said, to defund it, it, whole swaths of the federal government. I think you would agree that that is uh, probably the chances of that happening are pretty much zero. So at the end of the day, uh, at, at the end of the day, you're basically asking McCarthy to do something that he simply cannot do unilaterally if he doesn't have the votes. Well, Abby, I would zoom out and, and say this is what we cannot do. We cannot have a government that continues to have $2 trillion annual deficits. And while I acknowledge that we're in divided government, at least the House of Representatives representing the Republican position should be willing to tweeze through the various programs that are reflected in agency budgets. And we ought to have open rules and open amendments. Even some of my Democrat colleagues during our speaker contest in January agreed that the reforms we were seeking would actually democratize power in the House of Representatives representatives for everyone. And I would hope that that would remain the standard no matter which party was in control. But you attempted to kind of use the same sort of leverage uh, when it came to uh, uh, when it came to the budget deal earlier this year. Uh, by your account, you've criticized uh, Kevin McCarthy for, for being a part of that deal with the White House. It sounds like that leverage just simply didn't work. What makes you think that this time will be any different? I'm concerned it won't be. Uh, you're right. It, it, it was a cascading failure of the 118th Congress that we did a debt limit deal that underwrote a series of bad decisions and, and didn't provide any wins for the Republican House in divided government. I and mean, so, I would argue it, it's also a failure for your, of your strategy to, to use undeniably. your leverage as yeah, an individual no, it didn't member work. to put pressure on Kevin McCarthy. So why are you doing the same thing over and over again? Well, I'm going to do it over and over again until it works. And today we saw a baby step toward that with more robust efforts on impeachment. But uh, I'm going to keep doing it. And you know what? It might not work the first time. And I, I don't grant the premise that it'll never work because the American people want term limits. They want balanced budgets. They don't want to see government funding wrapped up in just like one up or down vote on an omnibus bill or a continuing resolution. So over time, I think the American people can get their lawmakers to act more like representatives of their viewpoint and not just valets for the lobbyists and special interests who control Washington. You're blaming McCarthy for taking baby steps. He said that he would open an impeachment inquiry, but your colleagues, including uh, Congressman Ken Buck, have said that there is no evidence linking President Biden to these allegations. Listen to what he said just a few minutes ago on CNN. I have not seen any evidence that links uh, President Biden to Hunter Biden's activities. I think it was a mistake to start talking about the impeachment inquiry. I think it's a good thing that we aren't voting on it on the floor because we've got a lot of work to do if we're going to pass a continuing resolution by September 30th and avert a government shutdown. I mean, he makes an important point that in addition to what he said there, there are not the votes to support an impeachment inquiry into President Biden, and yet you continue to push Speaker McCarthy on that. Why is he wrong when I think the numbers are frankly on his side? 
Well, let's take the votes. I think that it is, it is an illusion of Washington that you can't put anything on the floor that's not going to pass. I actually think that our representative republic would be more vibrant if we had more votes that were uh, not always just predetermined, right? And so if we put an impeachment inquiry on the floor and it didn't pass, well, then the people who didn't vote for it would have to be responsive to their voters. That's the way this whole thing works. And while Ken Buck and I have strong disagreement on the quality of the evidence against Joe Biden, it's interesting to to note, he is one of my strongest allies on the spending matter. So we can disagree on impeachment. We can agree on spending. It shows that the issues aren't particularly linked. As, as to the quality of the evidence, though, I just have to say, I mean, we do have bank records, devices, laptops, travel records, changes in administration policy. Seems like pretty strong evidence not, to me. None of which links President Biden to Well, it was uh, Joe any, Biden on the phone. None of which he was calling into the meetings. Wait, Abby, Con are you actually trying to tell your viewers that, that you don't believe that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business deals? It's not so about, case. It's not about what I believe. It's about whether, whether there is evidence that President Biden is linked to the misdeeds that uh, might be linked to Hunter Biden. That's the issue. Uh, but I want to get a, back. That was I, I tortured. <laughs> No, okay, I, mean, I mean, come look, on. He was. He, wait, hold on. Can you just acknowledge that when it, he calls into the business no, 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 deals no, 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 that no. he's involved? This is when not, he calls into the to the this dinners. This is not about. You don't think that's involved? This is, first of all, this is not about innuendo. It's not about what I believe. It's a question. Do you have evidence? If you had evidence that Joe Biden was linked to uh, Hunter Biden's business deals in a way that is illegal, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You would probably have the votes for an impeachment inquiry, but you don't. Because well, of people I, like Ken Buck and people like Don Bacon and many others in your conference. Well, I see the evidence differently. I think that we need to, that's why we need to have the votes and have the debates and have the hearings. And again, they represent their constituents just like I represent mine. Even in my remarks on the floor today, I disclaim and acknowledge all that you're saying. But when we just bundle it up and act as if this Biden family corruption isn't happening and we're not going to do anything about it, well, then Americans of all stripes start to lose faith in the oversight capabilities of the Congress and, and really in the impeachment power that uh, gives us the, the requisite checks and balances that are necessary. Well, look, I mean, there are a lot of members who uh, worry and Republicans who worry that by starting an impeachment inquiry to try to find evidence that you probably should have before you start the inquiry, you cheapen the process. Chris Christie said something very similar this week. Oh, well, Chris Christie, uh, gosh, I, I stopped taking advice from him when on, he was, uh, when the, he was, uh, was recommending the, Christopher Ray for jobs. But on the yeah, substance but on, of on that. the substance, look, you want to talk about how long we've had the evidence? The FBI had Hunter Biden's laptop since 2019. 